Welcome to the Doctor Patient Forum, a no holds barred patient advocacy podcast discussing why millions of pain patients continue to suffer, but most importantly, who caused the suffering. Join us weekly as we discuss how you can help end the untreated pain crisis. As always, we'd like to give a quick shout out to the following patrons who have subscribed since our last podcast was published. So a huge thank you to Tracy, Paula, Loriana, Dorinda, D, Jess, Lori, Tom, Brenda, Daryl, Ashley, Mandy, Lisa, Tanya, Ashley, Greg, Amber, Carrie, Sharon, Norma, Michelle, Micah, Amy, Lisa, Kathy, Robin, Gary, Madeline, and S. Magnets. Thank you guys so much for your support, and I hope you're enjoying Patreon. This is part two with Dr. Hansen. This episode starts where the last one dropped off. We'll put it in the show notes in case you missed part one. We have gotten a lot of feedback about this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to message me at Bev at the doctorpatientforum.com and we'll pass them along to Dr. Henson. Thank you for listening. They, they had told me before I got the stents in my heart, right. the cardiologist had complained because he had ordered an electronic monitor for me three months earlier. And, I, and he, when I saw him again, 105 days later, he said, well, good news, Steve, you're not, you must not be having any more arrhythmias because Zoll has not contacted me. And I said, well, Dr. Iqbal, I said, I haven't got the monitor yet. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, he looked at his chart and he said, that's 105 days. And I said, yes, I know. So he called the prison on the speakerphone with me sitting in his office and talked to the HSA, Health Services Administrator, and told her, I ordered this stat 105 days ago. Where in the hell is this? And she said, well, he has a life sentence. Henson has a life sentence. He's got to die somewhere. It might as well be McCreary. She told him that. He said, oh, my God. He said, I want your name. I'm going uh-huh. to call Region, I'm going to call Washington, I'm going to call Grand Prairie. You should not be involved with pr- prisoner care at all. Right, right. I, th- these are, these are, I, don't, I can't believe there this is, is our no country. There is no health care unless you force your hand. Yeah. Okay. So I was oh in God. the shoe. You're in the shoe? For three months, mm-hmm. no email, no phone. My mm-hmm. family doesn't know if I'm dead or alive. Oh my God. I have no communication. Mm-hmm. And then one morning at four o'clock in the morning, they came and knocked on my door and said, roll up your bedroll. You're, you're leaving. And I said, where am I going? They said, we can't tell you, but we know you're leaving here. So they get me out in the hall, take me on an airplane to Lexington, a bus to Lexington, get me on an airplane and I fly to Oklahoma City. And I find out when I get to Oklahoma City that I have a court hearing on April the 10th in Wichita, Kansas. So I'm on the 6th of April, I go to Oklahoma, but then I'm not moved on the 9th. I'm thinking they're going to just drive me up there because it's less than 100 miles. Did you know what the court hearing was about? Just a status conference hearing. What year was this? This was last year. 2022. 2022. Well, 2022 is when the Supreme Court decision came down. 13 months later, I have a status conference hearing, but they had transferred. They didn't move me up there for the 10th of April hearing. I'm like, did I miss my hearing? Well, then I was able to call and my brother told me that my attorney 
had moved the hearing back a month because his wife was having a baby. But you're not in contact with your attorney. I'm not. My brother is. So he te- Don't you have a right to be in touch with your attorney when you're incarcerated? Allegedly, but I had no contact for 54 months. Okay. All right. So Bo's wife is having a baby. Right. Let's let's get to the court hearing. So then I so go he- to I get one morning in in Oklahoma City, they wake me up early and I to Oklahoma City Airport. They put me now, mind you, I'm about 80 miles from Oklahoma City to Wichita. But they put me on a plane in Oklahoma City. I fly to Memphis, Tennessee. I fly to Lexington, Kentucky. We fly to up in Ohio. Then we fly to Kansas City International. And then I get bus to Leavenworth. And then I get put in a van and driven to El Dorado, a federal holding. So instead of driving 80 miles, I fly nine hours. And, and this is on one of the DEA planes. Yeah. What are the name of those planes? They're, we call them Con Air, but they're DC-9s, old, old planes. DC-9s. DC-9s. My God, that's a lot of jet fuel yes, that is. the taxpayers are paying for. I mean, they're self-funded. The DEA, they're taking enough money from doctors, I guess, to buy themselves some airplanes, huh? DEA right, operates so you- off of a federal budget of $2.5 billion a year. Mm-hmm. They All right. they seize an additional sixteen to twenty billion dollars a year from mm-hmm. real. That's what I've always doctors. wondered what that number is. So it's 16 how much? To 20. Sixteen to twenty. Sixteen to year? twenty billion a year, okay. and they've never been audited. All right, never so you get been to audited. Court. Oh, that's a crazy statistic. So right I there. go to El Dorado, and I'm there for a couple months. That's just a federal mm-hmm. holding, the same place I was before. They pull me out one day, and I go over for a status conference hearing, and they bond me out. You have no idea this is going to happen. No. You walk in court, you see your attorney. Finally, I see him after five and a half years. Tell me about the conversation that's had between the attorney, the prosecutor, and the judge. Conversation between the, well, now I have a new judge. Judge Martin has retired. He had retired twice before. That old, okay, so the old bastard retires. Right. The Mm -hmm. prosecution Mm -hmm. had retired as well. I was, oh, I, was wow. I was their swan song. So now mm-hmm. I come back for a status conference hearing. I have all new prosecutors, a whole new judge. My attorney is in the courtroom and their new prosecutors are there. And my attorney says, well, we've asked that they dismiss the case. But in lieu of that, we should let Dr. Henson out of prison. And the judge asks the prosecution, this is a status conference hearing. What is it that you're planning to do? And the prosecution said, and the judge said, I don't know that that's a very smart idea. He said, have you read the case? And he said, no, I haven't. He said, well. All right, let's stop. Who is the judge? Um, judge Broom, B-R-O-O-M-E. Okay. Male or female? Male. Good guy. And now you're in, you're in what state at this point? Kansas. You're back in Kansas. W- Wichita, district court. Who is the prosecutor? Male or female? Male is the lead with a, his co-counsel is female. Okay. And Bo Brinley asks that the case be dismissed. That's correct. Based on the Ruan decision he handed said, down by SCOTUS. And he said what they did to Dr. Henson was illegal. And mm-hmm. they said, well, we're, we're going to file the same indictment. And the judge said, I don't know that that's a good idea because I have here a direct 
communication from the Supreme Court handed down through the Mm -hmm. Tenth Circuit. Mm -hmm. He said, if you come back with the same indictment that I just had the note from the Supreme Court to throw out, he said, I'm likely to throw out your case. Okay. I want to stop. Because of that Supreme Court ruling, no, I've got to ask this question so people understand it. Actually, so I understand it. Never mind, because I can't even phrase it because I'm in menopause. I'm getting really excited because I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, So the prosecutor doesn't even read the case. They're just going to refile the indictment. Are they even familiar with the Ruan ruling from, I mean, the Supreme Court is the highest court. Right. They are now because they have now Mm -hmm. refiled essentially the same thing and say that Ruan doesn't apply to me. All right. Well, let's not get there yet. That's what they're, are you, they're are, you, are you released that day that you're in court? Yes. With okay. an ankle monitor. With an ankle monitor. Uh, I can't imagine the emotions that happened that day for you and your family. That's correct. And I am, I am so, so sorry that this happened to you. And the reason I wanted you on the podcast is we want to do whatever we can to help. But we don't have a happy ending because they're coming for you again. In the end of February. What's going on? They have refiled and they want to retry me with these same facts. And they want me to serve out the rest of my life sentence. Okay. Even with the... So they're saying the Ruan ruling doesn't apply to you. That's what they're saying. And the the prosecutor uh, and their co... Whatever it's called. Co-counsel. We're gonna, co-counsel. Do you... Who... who Who's the prosecutor? I just asked you, but you couldn't remember. I I don't. I couldn't. I'll email you their names. All right. In order for you... So you've only been out not even a year, and now they want to retry you. I was released on July the 20th, 2023, and they want to retry me February 26th, 2024. Okay. I, I don't understand how this is happening. And you don't have the money to hire Bo or Ron because they... They took all of your money. That's correct. Do you have a GoFundMe that you've that you've set up? I did before I went to prison. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote my story on that, people started putting money on my account, GoFundMe. And then one person put a comment in there because you can comment on GoFundMe mm-hmm. and look just all they did was Google me and said, mm-hmm. this doctor is evil. He killed a patient on purpose. Okay, so they're going to destroy your... Go- so people are going to destroy the GoFundMe. That's right. And Ron Chapman wants 300000 Well, that's pretty much what his total would be because he bills mm-hmm. by the hour. Yeah. How much does Ron charge an hour? For the work he does, I believe 700 His associates get about half that. Okay. Not a bad day so work. He said, Not a bad no, day's it, work, Ron. He said... You get $5 that, a month, Claudia. Well, you know, back when I started in medicine... I was making $75 an hour. My attorney was making Mm -hmm. $80 an hour. By the time I finished up, I'm making $250 an hour, and he's making $750 an hour. There was a roads roads that diverged. Wow. Oh, my God. I don't understand how they can do this. They're going to waste more of the taxpayers' money, and, and nobody seems to care. Do you think this judge... Wait a minute. Did you say your judge that judge was coming out of retirement again to retry this no, case? No, that was the original guy. This one okay. is a young judge who's just been made a judge by Trump maybe two years ago, three years ago. You know, Siobhan Reynolds was a patient advocate who got who intervened in a court case just like yours. Yes. Right? 
And my thinking was I could do the same thing. You know right? where? Really get involved. You know where she intervened? Was it? Was it? Kansas? Wichita, Kansas. They put billboards up. It was up. Wichita. That's right. Yes. And they, oh, what That's they right. did to her, they terrorized they, her, though, yeah, because and of I, it. And I, yeah. They killed they, her. That's what they did. think. I mean. And I wonder if, if my intervening with the case, if the feds <laughs> would eliminate me the same way they did her. And, you know, it's never, they said that her plane went down with her significant other flying it, but she put up a billboard to raise awareness to this. And I think, I don't know if I could do it, but I'm wondering if I could get the people of Kansas involved to really get involved because all we need, and if you're watching this, you're listening to this, we need one win. One win can change the whole trajectory. We need that first domino to fall. Can you explain just to make sure people understand? So where you are right now, what are the next steps that are going to happen to you? Like what happens now? Well, what happens now is the judge has instructed my attorney and the prosecution to get together and reach a compromise. Okay. My attorney says the law has spoken. Let him free. Yeah. The prosecution says not a chance. We want our pound of flesh. He got life imprisonment. We want him to serve that out. What the problem is, and I will tell you my perspective and from the physicians that I've talked to is knowing that if we are exonerated, they have to pay treble damages on what they've taken from us. And the DEA is just the police force for the DOJ. So the DOJ is sitting up here saying, do we really want to have to write those checks? You know, they don't want to. Would they have to pay you your money back? Times three. Times three. Oh, we got to get involved. Yeah, we have to do something here. They don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. I don't want you to lose. They don't want to, and it's just... A money grab. That's all it is. So yeah. let's say you were to go to court and you were to win. They would have to pay you back the $26 million that they seized from you? Times three. Oh, wow. I'm getting excited. <laughs> yeah. So we have um, a Kansas chapter. Let me see how many people are on the Kansas Facebook page. I'll look right now. I'll look. Because after we... um wrap up here bev and i have to go live on facebook and your you folks are watching 200 236 what what are the other states what what bordering states what are the bordering states nebraska is straight north of us colorado is west Mm -hmm. oklahoma is south and missouri is to the right they really i'll i'll digress here and tell you that they really came hard after kansas in that northeast corner because for the longest time, Missouri was the only state with no PDMP. That's right. That's yeah. right. So patients yeah. would get their prescription and they would go up to just across the state yeah. line and get their prescriptions mm-hmm. filled so that they didn't show yeah. up. Yeah. They could go to multiple doctors and I could look at their PDMP mm-hmm. and couldn't see them. Right. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what Facebook members I could get involved to support your case and how many I could, because I think this would be the perfect case to do this. See, the other cases, you know, even Dr. Bauer, there's not much that I can do for Dr. Bauer. And you folks, you're either listening to this podcast, you're watching this podcast. That, that's the case that I focus on. Just he's 88 years old. He's in Ohio. Right. Uh, no, he's in Morgantown, uh, West, West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. And they don't want to pay back $80 million. 
but there's got to, there's got to be a way. And we don't promote GoFundMe's for a reason because uh, it'll it'll always come back on me. If I ever promote a GoFundMe, I'm right. going to be the one to get my ass kicked. But there has to be another way. We need doctors to fund this case. That's what we need. We need doctors to pitch in and pay for your yes. defense. Yes. We need, and I need Ron Chapman to cut some breaks here because that's what I need I mean, Ron to do. Yeah. He has the, been the yeah. greatest advocate for physicians on a legal basis. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. He sure I've has. sent Ron many doctors because I believe in Ron and I'm going to call Ron and we're going to see what, what the, what we can do. And I'll try to generate some, you know, activity from doctors. I don't know how you're going to be able to raise the money. I don't, I, I really, I need some suggestions for that folks. How can we get this doctor the money that he needs to defend himself and how can I get Ron to come down on his price? That's the biggest. Uh, are you thing familiar right with the childhood game Whack a Mole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what the Department of Justice and DEA have created. Yeah. Is this chill mm-hmm. on doctors? So doctors. That's right. Do not want to participate and help other doctors because they stick their head up, and the DEA is going to whack them. And that was done on purpose, though. Like if you listen to these DEA agents and OIG agents who speak about going after doctors. They they say that outright. They say that our desire is to get all doctors to stop prescribing, not to stand up for each other. And I want them to be scared. They want them to be scared. And, and they've succeeded. And, and I don't blame doctors for being scared. I, I have one daughter. She had a girlfriend from high school that they'd gone to school together. Her father was a family physician. So she grew up thinking that she had to go into medicine. So she goes into medicine goes through medical school, gets into a surgery residency in New York City, has gone through three years of a five-year residency, and is extremely depressed. One, she's in New York City. That's just crazy town. And then two, she's being told that she cannot give her post-operative or preoperative patients opioid medications. Who's telling her this? The Her staff, the instructor. At the hospital? At the hospital. At, at, in what hospital is this? I couldn't tell you. And she's literally told she cannot give opioids. Do they give a reason? Because they did not want to addict anyone. This is what they were telling her after her third year. She killed herself a year later. Oh, my God. Just ready to finish up her residency. And she said, I'm on a career track now that I have to finish this. But she said, you're telling me I've got to do 12 years of education for somebody else to tell me how I can practice? She said, where's the autonomy of being a physician? And And... And you're seeing that all over the country now. And they're indoctrinating doctors and nurses. The ones that have some sense are like, this is ridiculous. But for the most part, doctors and nurses come out mocking, making fun of, joking about pain and not treating it and laughing at it. We're talking amputations, limb amputations, but no opioids. But you know what? There, I get it. I know how afraid. I I would be afraid. How can you not in this climate? Yeah, but why and the, and is the, the hospital, ones, Claudia? But, why is that no, hospital yeah, no, no. teaching the hospital, that? And the, the hospitals have layers of protection. It's you'll never down. see the DEA. You'll never see the DEA walking around in a hospital. That has to come from the only way that changes. That comes from the board of directors. That's it. Only the board of directors can change these hospital systems. Those are gazillionaires, mm-hmm. right? They'll always get their pain treated. 
And the doctors who do speak out and who do help patients, they're being targeted. And, and this is why we are inching towards being an opioid-free country. And yeah, except I, for except for Suboxone and Methadone for OUD. I think that is what they're looking to do. And and those are both fraught with problems, Suboxone particularly. Yeah, but you're not allowed to talk about that, see, because no. now they, they even refer to it as opioid-free and diversion. See, this is the thing. This is what we we just had a podcast with Dr. Stanton Peel and Zach Rhodes, and we were discussing this, that success to this country right now is increase in medication for opioid use disorder and decrease in prescription opioids and increase in naloxone. But this is the same equation we've used for years and it keeps on increasing the way they want and deaths continue to skyrocket. So obviously something is missing from this equation. And this is also a voting block of 40 million people. What do you mean? Like there's 40 million pain patients. That's how I look at this. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. 40 million pain patients who... And and, But you know what? I don't know if Trump... I, I can't I'm say not saying it has to be Trump. It has to be somebody. Right. Though so there are 36 That's positions. That's our power. There are 36 right. doctors in Congress. Right. Yeah. Orthopedic. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. 36? My state senator is an OBGYN who's delivered 5,000 babies. And all those patients got good pain medication and Percocet afterwards because mm-hmm. that's a traumatic event. You know, I'll I'll always say your vote counts. I mean, I think it's more than 40 million. And I don't know who, what's going to happen to this country over the next year. And I don't know if, I highly doubt that Biden uh, will be our president. And I don't know if Trump will be our president. And if Trump were to be the president, is Trump a, a big enough human being to acknowledge that he was wrong or will he double down? I don't know, because let's face it, Trump really, he took a dump, he took a bad situation and turned it into a shitstorm of a dumpster fire, right? right. And Biden, he couldn't do anything. I don't, he, he, how could he help if he doesn't know where he is? He so, won't, he will not be the candidate. Biden won't. No, no. And I'm thinking maybe RFK could be the person, you know? I, I really, I like him and I think he'd be more willing. I think you could reason with him. He is an ex, he's an ex-addict, but. I think we could reason with him, put, but we have to. I would put RFK as health and human services director. Yeah, oh, me too. That's On a good sure. idea. Either side, because either, he could right. be an advocate in the healthcare space. That's a good idea. With yeah. addictions, with opioids, with vaccinations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I can reason with him. Right. I don't yeah. feel like I can reason with, although on a, on a, state level, I will say I've been able to reason more with Republicans than Democrats. Like Republicans have had this, they're like, wait a minute, what we've tried isn't working. And now people are suffering. Well, I've always, when I've talked to my state senator, because they all get extremely wealthy when they go to Congress. But I said, listen, if you are invested in Walmart, for instance, because that's a common building, and all of a sudden your investment is tanking and they don't have inventory, what in a private business has to happen is they lock the doors. They close the business. The DEA has been an abject failure. At what point do you just lock the doors and shut them down? Yeah, because we we can't even get oversight. But Dr. Henson, what do you think is, you know, for all these years we've been fighting this and we've, we've been like, what's their end game? What's their motive? How are they doing this? What's the money behind it? In your opinion, what was the motive of this entire push of opioid elimination? Was it to go after doctors? Was it for multi-district litigation? 
was it to sell things like Suboxone or is it just a conglomeration of all of it? It's a combination. Suboxone was a big push. It was also to eliminate competition from our military guarding the opioid, the poppy fields. Mm -hmm. Uh, So opioids and opiates are a cash cow for the U.S. government. Okay. They do not, when pain became the fifth vital sign and they were encouraging all doctors to prescribe liberally, all of a sudden that was eating into their profit model. Oh, okay. It's just like running a Pizza John's next to a Pizza Hut. You are encroaching on their market share. So they wanted to drive people to Suboxone, which was fraught with problems. They thought they could control that, but they thought they could control that because the DEA also gets remunerated by methadone clinics. The What do you mean? The DEA gets remunerated? I've got too much Botox in my upper lip. They get paid. <laughs> what do you- so uh, they get paid. if you have a methadone clinic, you have liquid methadone in vats and you can give out on daily doses until they become a, an accustomed patient and then you can give tablets for up to a month but they must report their controlled substance but 20 percent, just like having hospitals that pay jaco fee so that they can get medicare funding mm-hmm. the methadone clinics across the country have to pay the dea like i think it's 20 percent of their take so that they will wow do you know fucked up. that oh my God. after they started targeting opioids, the opioid crisis, and, and all the CDC and the FDA did was make recommendations for, right. for urine drug screens and yep. to encourage that, just like electronic health records, right. they said, we will pay you to do this. Do you know what will happen within one year or what happened? Pain doctors, not myself included, because I wouldn't go there, but pain prescribing doctors started getting three times more income from doing drug screens than yeah. caring for patients. And then OIG went after them for that, though, also. Right. With so their HFPP. Be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. You know, oh when I gosh. first started this, I had a doctor who wanted me to, to promote his urine drug testing business. I was so new to this space. And I... I said, I, I don't understand. And it was, I, I guess I really still don't understand other than you can make a whole lot of money. Yeah. You can. Just doing these, these screens. Can I ask one quick question? Certainly. I want to know what you think. If nothing had been done, you know, they, they encouraged doctors to prescribe more liberally. Doctors prescribed more liberally. Pain was the fifth vital sign. We all know that. If nothing had been done to curb that at all, like just say everything was allowed to go on as it was. Would there be this many deaths and would we have this much of a mess on our hands now? Absolutely not. There would not be this many deaths. We would not have the fentanyl crisis on the southern border because that filled a vacuum. Just the analogy is we killed Saddam Hussein. And I don't want to talk politics, but when we did, it was based on weapons of mass destruction, which were never found out to be true. And so then ISIS and Taliban filled the void. So you nuke That's right. prescription opioids, That's all right. you get is fentanyl. I would otherwise say this is the Belt and Road plan by China, because if they came over on boats and attacked America with a million foot soldiers and killed 500,000 people, it would be front page news and everybody be ballistic. But if they just do it 100,000 a year through fentanyl, Hmm. they're not even a suspect. 
And they're continuing to double down. Like, this is what doesn't make any sense. It has gotten so out of control. When they first started curbing all of this, the death was less than 15,000 in a, in a year for the drug-related death. And now it's 122 or 23,000. And they're going to continue to use the same equation. Right. When it doesn't you, make any sense. When you looked at what the CDC recommendations were initially, they yeah. wanted to curb opioid prescriptions. And if it was a physician-related thing, that, that like they had been advertising, the 90% reduction in opioid prescriptions would have been accompanied by a 90% reduction in deaths. Right, you saw right. a 90% right. reduction in That's prescriptions right. and a 15,000% increase yeah. in deaths. Yeah. 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 15,000. Okay. That's more of that because we, we, Beth it's will run the math it's... for me. I was like, is it 600? Is it 900? Do you think we ever had a problem with pain pills to begin with? Or do you think this was manufactured by uh, the government. This was manufactured out of whole cloth. We and never this had... is my favorite thing that doctors... I'm sorry, go ahead. Say that again. I'm sorry. I, I would didn't say, mean to interrupt you. you know, we've all been trained to follow science. And what that means is you do testing and you validate your test results and then it's reproducible. And you are... Then you can power those tests to get the statistics that you want, depending on your oh, p-value. Right. But... Yeah. So you do the science and now the science just like covid fell apart but the science of opioid prescribing is you can't reproduce that because if you went back to just open label opioid prescribing i'm a licensed physician with a licensed dea i'm seeing patients i'm diagnosing them i'm prescribing a legal medication i give it to my patient they go to a third party pharmacy there's six or seven components in that transaction, all of which are legal. So if they just went back to that, there would be no market for anything for illicit, for right. people diverting. So they, do you think they knew they were making it up? Cause they did this based on a 2006 supposed graph by Len Palauzi or Paluzzi out of the CDC showing as overdose deaths went up, so did prescribing. And then that's what they based all this on. Did they know they were making it up? Do you think? Absolutely. From the start? Absolutely. They did. Oh my God. Are- yeah, and Kaladni says, like they Kaladni says in his little presentations that um he and Len actually co-founded. I just heard this the other day for the first time, they co-founded Prop and and it's all based on that one graph. So if this is what Stanton Peel said, he said they this country invented a problem so that they could create a solution. They created a solution for the problem they invented, and the solution is killing people. That's and right. They're still not stopping. They're still not stopping it. They invented this. This never it never existed. It was a complete straw man. It, it didn't exist to begin with. It and never they caused existed. all of this. They created this under Kolodny's logic. Yeah, that's right. I'm a, I'm a conservative Republican Christian. But under Kolodny's yep. logic, I, I commiserate with all my people across the aisle. Under Kolodny's logic, if you said all the mass shooters in the last two years just if you looked at them, have all happened to be Democrats. So under his logic, you should just eliminate all Democrats. That's right. Under that logic, but who's going to do that? Nobody, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I um, I was a nerd... I ch- almost chewed half a pack of gum. Because I know. I'm, I'm going to make this two I, parts, I think, I, yeah. because I, this was the most fascinating yeah. interview. This is a uh, great, great interview. This we is phenomenal. We want to help. And, and let me, I, I'm, let, let me, I'm yeah. going to wrap up. I, but before we wrap up, 
If you're listening to this or watching this, what suggestions do you have? How can we get Dr. Henson the help? I'm going to make an uncomfortable phone call to Ron Chapman. Yeah. And, but I need our followers, our viewers, our listeners, we need suggestions. We need a strategist. What can we do without me being the target of, of a, of a prosecutor, obviously. Right. Yeah. And to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. Cause this was, I've always wanted to do this with a doctor, start from the beginning and take us to present time. And I thank you for allowing us to do this. Absolutely. I thank you Uh, for your time, your expertise and your empathy. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Like Claudia, the way you handled this interview, I'm, this is, this is so perfect to show. I can't believe you went through yeah. all of this, Dr. Henson. I'm so, and let me tell you something. Usually at about 37 minutes, right. Claudia will text me and say, we got to wrap this up. My eyes yeah. are closing. So the fact that we're at two hours. Right. Because yeah. I've was, i been thinking about it since I spoke with you. Right. And I'll tell you, my pain patient stories used to keep me awake at night until the doctor started reaching out to me. And I didn't sleep. I got a letter over there from Dr. Bauer and I read it. I, I didn't sleep for 48 hours. I, and I was just like, why? What's happening? Because I love my country, but I don't know how much I love my country anymore because we have innocent people in prison. And I swore to, I swore to God from day one, I said, you know what? I can do this advocacy. As long as I never get involved with prison reform, I'm okay. And at this point, here I am. I am William Wallace from the movie, and I'm laying down with my neck exposed, and they want to cut my head off, and the crowd is chanting mercy. Yeah. And they're asking me to say mercy, and I'm saying freedom. Right. And I I can't imagine. You're a strong, strong human being. I know your faith has gotten through this, and honestly, from from the bottom of my heart, I'm so sorry that the United States government has done this to you. Uh, Absolutely. So, all right. We're going to wrap up, Bev. Do you have any last thoughts? Are we good here? No, I'm good. Is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to say, Dr. Henson? I think you've done a wonderful job. You have my contact information. You can reach me anytime. All right. Yeah, when I I'll put this that. out, if you can email me, what, what, is there a bio, specific bio you want me to link or anything okay. you want me to put with it, just email that to me and I'll just copy it word for word. Very well. Right. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Absolutely. All right, Steve, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, Please follow us on Spotify, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share with anyone that you think might benefit from this information. If you would like to watch the full unedited video version of this podcast, including before and after the podcast discussion, please head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash the doctor patient forum. Just a quick disclaimer, the information contained in this podcast should not be considered medical or legal advice.